Welcome to What's on Your Souls, a relational podcast where you can relax and enjoy conversation, inspiration, encouragement, and motivation in a judgment-free space. Don't continue to drag around that emotional debris. Here's what's next on this episode. But I believe that when you give your best to whatever is before you, when you're fully present and you give your best to whatever is before you, then you have very few regrets. Have a seat on the porch and let's examine what's on your soul. Soul. Hello, souls. this is Mia Imbro, and I want to welcome you to the What's On Your Soul podcast. We are so grateful that you have chosen once again to join us, and we always feel a sense of privilege and gratitude for um, the space that we have been given and being responsible stewards of that. Today is a very special podcast in that um, it's interesting how things come to be. Um, Oftentimes we are asked how something came to be and it's hard to recall because so often we're just going, 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 going and we do not rest and reflect on um, just the moments of graciousness and kindness extended. So today I have the privilege, there are a couple of things about this podcast today. This is our last podcast of the year of 2020, which for some has been, uh, and probably for most of us, quite a year in so many ways. But there's something about going through a year like this and then still having people that are consistent and loyal and thoughtful and funny and kind and gracious walk that with you and perhaps that is the part where we look to the left and right and realize that and understand that that is that's life like that is the story we're always waiting for what is to come but sometimes it's right there in front of us so for me one of those things is almost a year ago I decided that part of my branding and what I do as a therapist and my teaching and facilitating that it might be a novel idea to start a podcast because so many people were coming one-on-one to therapy and I felt like it would be great to be proactive versus reactive. Instead of waiting for the problem to occur, to address it beforehand and then create a safe space where people could dialogue about all of the things that we as human beings deal with from day to day. And so at the time I was attending church somewhere Like it's just the six degrees of separation. And there was a young man that was helping with AVL and my husband was involved with AVL at the time, audio, visual, and lighting. And this gentleman was helping to promote and do podcasts and voiceovers. And so Tony, my husband just said, why don't you reach out to Poppy and ask him what it is you would need to do a podcast. So I do that. And I was, I was <laughs> making sure that Poppy was getting paid at the gig that we had before. And so that's how I knew him. And so I just asked him like, what would he, you know, just a random ask. And you never know what the comeback is going to be on that. And Poppy Segbe came back and said, this is what you need. And you know what, for a minute, I'll help you. And so now a minute has turned into a year. <laughs> and he <laughs> It's turned into indentured servitude. <laughs> and so now you know he's on the podcast with me today. And so it might be, I don't know that it was any doing of my own, but I do find it miraculous and I do find it a gift and it has been a joy. And just you know, that's it's one of those things you think, my goodness, like he came and he stayed and um he has such a profound impact on this podcast but he's always quiet and when i do podcasts i refer to him as production but i thought as this year ended it would be important to bring him to the surface so that you could meet him so hello poppy how are you i'm good it's weird being on this side it's weird and it's not weird because we have normal conversations like this anyway i know i'm just holding the microphone now so that's the beauty (laughs) of it so the entire time i'm talking Poppy is is in the place at all times with me and he's making faces and he's shaking his head and he's saying no and he's looking at his watch and so that's what he means by and then when we are off he and I continue to talk about whatever it is that we have talked about whoever has sat with us on the porch and so 
I always say it's a privilege. I always say that I am, you know, honored, but for real, for real today for Poppy, because he has been faithful and there's not a podcast that you have listened to that he has not been present for. And, um, for me, that is huge. Like that is, that's when you see, you will see people always say like, just watch people and they will show you who they are. So I'm so very grateful for that Poppy. And I know that people ask me all the time, who is that? Like, who is the voiceover? Who's doing all that work? <laughs> <laughs> and I just say it's Poppy. But now they will get to know a little something, something about you. So today, Poppy and I are going to spend time. This is our end of the year wrap up. Mm-hmm. And we're going to kind of walk through what we've lessons learned and people that have sat here with us and Poppy's profound like take on what he, his thoughts are. And then even where we're going to go forward with that. So we're very excited about that. Poppy, what do you think about being behind the mic with me today? Although I know that's your livelihood and profession. What do you think about it? I mean, it's, I think it's going to be fun. It's weird because I have to still, you know, do my job. You still have to work. Right, right. Right. And and then be in front and behind. But I think what we're going to have to do is because we're doing this year in review type situation, we're going to, and it's going to be weird going to, taking a break and then hearing me say the the commercial part and then come back and hear me again. So we're going to have to give it some more time. Oh, <laughs> you weren't expecting that. So normally, <laughs> normally Poppy won't give you more time. He is just like on it, like no way in bro. But I, so here we go. It's a new day. New mercies <laughs> do we have every day and it could, so we're going to go a little bit longer, but I think it's important because we want to honor all the people that said yes. And that too is impactful when you look behind and see who all said yes in your life and the importance of that. And this podcast, I mean, no one's getting paid right to do this. And so it makes it even more impactful in so many ways. And again, just so grateful for the people and the impact that has been um, bestowed upon us this past year as we endeavored upon this podcast. So I'd like to thank the following people, Nicole Clark, Jerry Chambers, Jordan Walters, Deborah Hill, Melissa Fleming, Carla Getz, Kenton Getz, Tyrone Johnson, Lauren Gardner, Jessica Gillespie, the police officer from our area, Dr. Joy Bell, Dr. Laura Scalfano, Charlene Atkins, Liam McCormick, Stephanie Baldwin, and Lori Dickens. And did I say Donovan Embro and Trey um, just for coming and sitting with us and sharing your perspective and your thoughts. We are so, so grateful. And there's no better way to end this than with Poppy Segbe with me. So Poppy, I'm thinking as we go through these names and think about, we talked a lot about, I tried to think of thematic things that we discussed. You know, when you say the names, it's funny. Each name you said, I had a vision of the show okay i love it <laughs> a piece so of this show is great so this is the beauty of someone being with you the entire time when i thought when you heard nicole clark who was my who is my one of my mm-hmm. if not the best friend that's from, the first right that's nicole, the yeah. first so i did one by myself and then nicole came in she was visiting in from florida what did you think what were your thoughts about that i thought about how silly she was off the air so y'all don't get a chance to hear the off air stuff Call shenanigans. <laughs> the proper vocabulary for that would the be tomfoolery. Tomfoolery, I love it. So you thought about that? Anything else? Um, and then she was. It's funny because she, when we did go on the air, then she was. She turned into because she's a teacher, right? She's, she's a social worker. Oh, social worker, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. So she turned into like a different mode, and I was like, "Who's that person?" <laughs> because the other person off the air. Ooh, that's profound, right? Because you get to see all of the. Right. You see the, and oftentimes people will say, what do you do? And they'll make that into who you are, Mm -hmm. but you got to see who she was. And then what she does. Got to see who she was. Right. (laughs) Which is great. Okay. Jerry Chambers. Do you remember Jerry? We talked about young adult children and the launch of them. And she talked about her daughter in middle school who shared with her probably around 12 years old, a story about being harassed Mm-hmm. Um, in school and being able to say that. And then she reconciled with that person. Right, right. That was an interesting story. So, I mean, just the uh, the the fact that her daughter just seemed so mature. 
you know, going through those emotions and even being able to talk to the guy and he was, he, and he couldn't believe how she forgave him. He was like, how are you even talking to me right now? Isn't that interesting? I think that goes back again to how oftentimes we think we know the totality of someone mm -hmm. and then they have all these little gifts embedded in them mm -hmm. that can still lead us to better. He thought he knew her and mm -hmm. even he was amazed because he owned his inappropriateness with her. Mm -hmm. Yet he still had the ability, so we can be great and greatly flawed. I just say that all the time. He had things that he needed to own that were in the wrong, yet he still had the ability to be in awe of her ability mm -hmm. to, in spite of him, yeah, be her. Yeah, that was, that was really interesting. What about Jordan Walters? First semester was not easy. Um, it was not an easy transition. Um, academically, like I knew that was not really going to be where the struggle was um, because I'd been in such a um, academically rig rigorous environment my whole entire life. Um, but it was really, really difficult to um, adjust to such a different lifestyle um, and to have to find um, find like-minded people that were chasing the same, um, after the same vision as I was. Um, and so navigating that and being patient um, was probably the hardest thing. So Jordan came as a college freshman and this has been a very unique year. The pandemic has been going on and Jordan, I knew Jordan's brother, who's about the same age of Donovan, but she just came to talk about all the when you start school, when you leave home and you go to school, all the things that are before you that even people, even though people have talked to you about it, in real time it feels different, like defending your beliefs, finding your morals and values. Mm -hmm. um, am I who I thought I was when I was under the roof mm -hmm. of my family and who am I now? Do you and she wrote that? a book, right? Was that No, that was Lauren. Okay, Lauren, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so she was just so insightful. Um, that was really interesting about her. I mean, and she was like, what, 16, 17? Something that, and Jordan still remains that person, just very contemplative and reflective and willing to go. Just so much poise. Mm -hmm. Into the hard place. So y'all can't see that, you know, when the guests come in, because it's just a voice, but, you know, we get to see how all the senses working. And it was that she just had one thing that really stood out about her, she had so much poise. And we had a couple of young people that I felt, I felt, I don't know what you think about that, but it almost feels as if every young person or adult we had here mm -hmm. because I think of Jordan uh, and then Liam. I, Liam I think of Lauren Gardner yeah and who wrote the book mm -hmm. then I think of Trey and Donovan yeah when they said here they're all pretty phenomenal maybe more and I don't, it'll be interesting to hear what you say more almost like grounded in there yeah because I see the opposite like more often you mm -hmm. know because I because I'm I'm around I'm around young people all the time because I play ball. When I say young, like I'm old, but um, but I play ball, so I'm around like the 20s, mm -hmm. you know, um, the teenagers, you know. Um, so you don't, so I don't see that a lot, and maybe it's because it's a basketball court and you're more informal there. But I still don't really see that. A and you're lot. probably talking more trash to them. Right, right, right. But but there's but then there's side talk, you know, after when we're sitting down waiting on the next game or whatever, there's side talk and we and we have conversations and you just you still don't hear you you, you don't recognize that insight. Yeah, or, they had know. some swag on them. They were very I in fact in some ways maybe more grounded than the adults were mm -hmm. sometimes. So I appreciated that. Now Deborah Hill, this was an all time favorite and Deborah That's my homie. Yeah. She came <laughs> she gave me the miss when COVID first popped off and she was not having you in this, in this space. She said, you look like you've been out. <laughs> She's in Korea now and I miss her. I miss her wisdom. She absolutely is an all-time favorite. She is a therapist as well. And I just think she and I partner well in our uh, conversations, but she talked a lot about the pursuit of peace and mm. how we have to balance where we're coming from with where we're going and all that alkaline balance mm -hmm. and do you remember that so i think and what i've learned from years of doing the program is that people want permission to think outside of the box in their faith and for me waking up to peace is a way to do that 
So particularly those who have not been exposed to the Christian faith yes. in a very extensive level, sometimes they just need an entree into how to live so that they have some purpose to anything they go through. Do you have any yeah. takeaways from that? Well, one thing I noticed that, that, that stood out with her is that it seemed like she'd been through it. So she knows when you're on the inside and the outside what it looks like. She is. She's, she's magical in that way, right? Mm -hmm. Because she has, and yet she has, she presents. I think Deborah probably is one of those people that people look at and they think they know, but they mm -hmm. have no idea. Right, right. Because I, because I, not that I, not that I had this preconceived notion of her, but you just don't know how many layers are there. She's so brilliant mm -hmm. at revealing that. In a safe but then she's a round away girl at the same time. She's, she's all, the, <laughs> all the way around. And I was she like, loves it. She'd be mad if you didn't say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. She was great. And then Melissa Fleming. So Melissa Fleming is another dear friend. And she came in to talk about conflict. And I want to say that her perspective was when you're raising young adult children, which was a reoccurring theme in several of our episodes as people ask for that, that great release and knowing how to not have to fix everything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and let people work it out and love them through it, but knowing that that's not your responsibility. Yeah. Like, you know, as a, as a, as a dad, I mean, that made a whole lot of sense because, um, you know, you want to, you got to let them fall. Sometimes you got to let them figure things out. You know, you have to, you know, you want to protect them and keep them from harm and, and, um, you know, just a lot of things that, that she was saying made sense. And I was I'm taking mental notes anyway. <laughs> but aren't you thinking all the time, Poppy? Like, but I have a cape in the closet. Yeah, yeah. With a, with a pee on my chest. So oh, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're but, just thinking, I can say, I, I know some things. I know, you know, I can say some, I, I can do a little something, something. So being able to... I don't know, restrain your own ego and pride and still let them. It's tough. I mean, it's it's a dance. It is, because you have to know when and when not. Because mm -hmm. you hear people say both things, right? Why didn't you come and help me and save me? That was a horrible time in my life. Yeah. And I would have liked for my parents to show up versus the opposite. Every time they something, their toe got stumped, you save them, and then you render them helpless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they have resentment and then, you know, fall into some trap with, you know, that, that, that trap that a lot of young women fall into where they have made issues with their, uh, you know, uh, daddy issues. Yes. And then it plays out in their relationship. Mm -hmm. That's a hard one. But she, so Deborah is a deep, deep, deep river. Mm -hmm. She's always good. And as soon as she gets back to the States, we will have her back. Um, and then we talked to Melissa and then Carla gets, you remember Carla? And yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that was a hot one. Well, Kenton went and told his, um, his boss and some other pastors on staff. And so they reached out to both of us and to see how we both were doing. And then there were just opportunities that came up when people would ask what was going on in our life that I felt like I didn't want to stay surface anymore. I needed to get down to the nitty gritty. And that was a really big piece. So I chose to share with a couple close friends, um, and it was okay. I wasn't rejected, I wasn't shamed, and it really wasn't my deal. It was, they could keep his addiction separate from my emotional needs, that I needed support, and I needed care and love and someone to listen. That was a hot one. And we did two, we did uh, part one and we two. We did, because there is, and we know this as human beings, there's this part where we come in and we just talk about like superficial above the water, things and then every now and then someone will say let's do a deep dive let's go let's go deep mm -hmm. and talk about things that are probably yeah we went to the abyss on that one com so. right common among people but no one wants to talk about right, it because right. that's going to affect whatever image or how people think of us and i and i don't know if you remember that even in us recording that we were trying to be very mindful mm -hmm, that we mm -hmm. kept that everybody felt safe right. and thoughtful. And I think we do that a lot in life. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize the beauty and the release. Like, it is what it is. And you know what was interesting? It was when we actually talked to her husband, um, how you can see how they both processed it. And 
his processing was, it seemed like anyway, his was, he was much further along than, than uh, she was. Than Carla. And perhaps it would be because Carla had been suspended for so long waiting for him. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're in your attempt to just keep it together and be safe, sometimes you stagnate, you mm-hmm. hold and, and he, so you think that it was, it was like a holding in of like almost holding of, your breath, right? Oh, okay. So like come above this water, I'm going to hold my breath for as long as I can. And then when I come up, but I think she was creating room for him to mm-hmm. in his own time. Right. 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 And kitten is the adult child of, someone who's pretty public and speaking. And so he's probably lived that life a long time about how to tell his story and how to speak and tell his truth where she, Carla, much more private, much more quiet, much more contained in that one. When she first said his name, I thought she was saying kitten. Like, (laughs) I'm not playing with you today. She she said it fast. And I'm just like, is his name? Because, you know, we never went over his name or anything. So I I was like, that's funny. You've never told me that. Okay. So then we move on to Tyrone Johnson. I don't know if you remember Tyrone. Tyrone is my. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's my ride or die. Yeah. And we talked about vulnerability, especially in regards to men. And then on top of that, the overlay of that is that Tyrone is an African-American man. Mm-hmm. And he's in ministry mm-hmm. at a predominantly white church. Um, and he's traveled the world greatly, loves his family, great dad, humble man, but still presents as a black man walking about this earth. Mm-hmm. And he just talked about how difficult it is to put your whole self out there when you know that the narrative is that you can't be trusted. Yeah. I knew we were going to talk about it, so I went to look it up. And the definition that I came up with or that I found was susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm. So what that means to what that meant to me to be vulnerable means to leave yourself open, to walk out in the middle of the battlefield with no armor waiting to get hit. But it could be a good hit or a bad hit. But you have to be open to either one. Yeah, I like Tyrone. Yeah, we, we had some uh, we had a good conversation off air, but um, but yeah, Tyrone, he was one of those where like like um, he remi- he reminded me of me a lot, you know, because we already had that techie thing going on, and then it was almost like we finished these other sentences on a couple occasions. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, that show also. He's a great person. He's a musician. He is a techie. Got enough nerd in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for you to love him in that way. And uh, I really appreciate his voice at the table. And Tyrone is one of those people that is uh, very similar to you in whatever you need, I will show up. And he doesn't ask a lot of questions, doesn't have a lot of just always happy for you, no matter what that is, always forward moving. Uh, he and his wife and the family that they have created just treasures. So it's great. Now we talked about Lauren a little bit. Lauren came in and talked about a sound mind and she was another young woman. She, she's written a book and done great things mm-hmm. and just talked about how sometimes with young adults, uh, even though they might present as opinionated and knowing where they are, still emotional and mental wellness, the mm-hmm. anxiety and the heaviness that accompanies them sometimes in this world, because this world is all over the place. Yeah. Do you remember her? Yeah. And, and I, I wonder sometimes, like, and I'm glad I, I'm sure you probably may say the same thing, but I'm glad I grew up in the era that I did. Mm-hmm. Because you know, why? Well, you know, it's just that you, you really get a chance to appreciate a lot of things. Like, even just technology, you get to appreciate how simple things were and how you don't need as much and and how we how we allow uh, these different influences into our lives that don't even need to be there. We just put out all this like when you're saying with her with pressure. I mean, we put all this pressure like young people, they put a lot of pressure on themselves. That's just like it's not even real. It's like phantom. They have a it's lot like, of voices in their head, right? Yeah. Because there are issues that in 2020 which is interesting that this is the year we've <laughs> decided that we're doing this podcast. But it is um, the things that exist in 2020. The pandemic, of course, is unique in so many ways. But the 
the issues dealing with racism and all that, that has always been. Mm -hmm. And I think about how challenging that has always been, but now you add that element of social media to it, Mm. which I believe Liam's whole time with us was about that we sometimes mistake knowing as beneficial when there is a certain bliss and ignorance, right? Mm -hmm. Because life will show up no matter what. You really don't need people (laughs) bringing, reconfirming that it's true. Um, And I just think about that when Lauren was talking about that and then Liam's talk on social dilemma about then you've got a, you've now multiplied the voices that are in your head and in right. your ears. Because like I said, all this stuff, a lot, a lot of it is just, it's almost like it's made up because they'll get like a little, a little uh, snapshot of whatever, whatever it posted is, whatever they're showing like them on a vacation or somebody, you know, props up some type of picture to make it seem like they're, 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 uh, they have money or whatever the case may be. And then their mind fills in the blanks of everything. And, and, they, the, and yeah. they create this whole narrative out of this one picture now. But your mind is filling in the blanks with your stuff. Right. Right. So whether you have, whether you have or whether you don't have, it's, <laughs> it's filling in the blanks. And it's, and, and I think that, I think that causes and, uh, and uh, causes them to put more pressure on themselves to either do more, to be a certain place, to want to have more or, or they're just not enough. They're not enough. And I think if anyone were to reduce our podcasts over this past year down to thematic ways, one of the things would be about worthiness. Mm-hmm. And that is the whole intent of creating this porch scenario where people can just come sit and be mm-hmm. is to reveal that everybody, no matter how loved they've been or not loved or accepted or what kind of quote success they've gained, everybody's still trying to figure out the worthiness. Right. And you think some people already have it figured out by the post they give or the, co- the, 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 the comment they put on there. Or what's really popular is when, we talked about this before, people will go on and do a video or live and they'll come off like an expert on life, giving you advice like they're qualified to. And then when you (laughs) unveil that bad boy. Right. You know, so. (laughs) We're all just trying to figure it out. But um, the opposite, the reaction to that is then how easily people will cling to that without Mm -hmm. betting it. Um, Do you remember Jessica? Gillespie, the great Jessica Gillespie. She was my fitness instructor for many years. And she came and just talked about the connection between body, mind, and soul. Do you remember that? Yeah. It's definitely really important to see health as a multifaceted thing. It's it's very dynamic. And a lot of people that come to me want to, for example, they want to get fit, right? And I'll say immediately. Yeah. We want to take a pill. We want to put a bandaid. We want, we want it and we want it now. And I tell them right up front, if you want a quick fix, I'm not your girl because you might find a quick fix, Mm -hmm. but quick fixes are quick. They're quick fixes and they are quick to unfix. If you will. Any thoughts on that? One thing about Jessica is she was, um, she was just like, She's a hugger. Yeah. So she's, she, a, she's a happy <laughs> Right, human. right. She's just like, you know, just mounds of positivity. And always a joy. But the interesting thing about that, once again, is when you listen to her and tell her story, it, it's not as if her life has just been filled of boundless. Right, life, right. But she has chosen. Exactly. And I think that's what I think we all need to remember. Like, you know, it's a choice. It's not like you're not bound to your experiences. You know, to 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 um, um, you know, to allow them to affect you and direct your path. It's hard though because we want that to be the excuse for us not. Because mm-hmm. it's easy, right? <laughs> this, you don't know my story, so this is why I can't do that. But mm-hmm. you can, yeah. In spite of it, uh, and then this is part of this is connected to you. Probably one of my very favorite. We had a two-parter with the police officer. Mm-hmm who came in and talked to us a lot about, we called it the weed and the chaff, but 
separating because we have all of this going on in real time about police officers and brutality, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the fact that they are humans trying to, to have taken an oath to do great things and the majority of them mean to do great things and are doing great things, but our ability to yet create a space where we can talk about, but we have this going on too, right? Mm -hmm. Every sixth apple in my bag Mm -hmm. is bad. The first thing is it's made me realize and look at everyone's situation um, with empathy. Um, sometimes uh, just being honest, I've been in situations where, and I have a story also, I have a lot of stories. So stop me. We love a story. We're sitting on the porch with our shoes off. So that's all we do is tell stories. So, um, stories to where, um, I have myself gotten wrapped up in doing my job and, you know, have to realize that, wait a minute, this is not just my job. There's another person that I'm having to, you know, um, deal with or, and their emotions in their real life situation. And that was during the right after the George Floyd. Um, I was trying to choose my words, but killing. Mm-hmm. Um, There's so much that has happened, Poppy. Right. In this time we've been. Have you ever thought about that? It seems like five years have gone by. It's been dog years, but it seems like five years have gone by in this one 2020. It is. And then you keep showing up on this porch. Like that in itself is a blessing and gracious, right? That we remain safe and well mm-hmm. and have been able to continue that. But I think about this as I was going through reflecting on our guest. This world has been on fire. Right. On blaze. And and one thing that uh, she did that um, uh, that that the police officer that she talked about, which which gave more such a such a human side to it is she was saying that. I agree with you. You know, but but it, it's difficult because you have the higher ups that it's kind of like the good old boy um, culture up there. And that keeps the change from happening as far as accountability. It was big. And I, I believe that probably when she was speaking about that, because she's talking about a job she loves and how that's provided for her family and how much she enjoys being in that role. But if anyone were to ask me, what is the challenge that we have? Is Where do we struggle the most as human beings? It's that that sense or that, for, I, don't, I think it's a faux understanding. I know that we know better, that we feel like if I admit what is not what is wrong Mm -hmm. it will negate what is right Right. Mm -hmm. that you have to be one or the other Mm -hmm. but then for me where i struggle with that is who do you think you are (laughs) right who do you think you are um but i think we all have that sense of we are this because we are not surrounded by accountable voices and so then we get to we get to engage in foolery. Yeah. Because we don't trust that so for me as a therapist, what that comes down to, Poppy, is I don't think that there's anyone I think that what I've seen with people I work with is the belief is there couldn't be anyone who loves me so much that they love me and they know all my great points and all the things that I do well and are exceptional, yet they will hold me accountable for my foolery. And I still feel the love doesn't waver. Right. I think for a lot of us as human beings, that is far and few between to find a space that feels that safe. We're like, I know you have my back and I know you'll do anything for me. But when you call me on my stuff, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to own it and then not turn it around and vomit it back on you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just it becomes more and more rare as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. I think you hit it on the head. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I think you're right. So she was saying that, right? Like, I love being a police officer. I love protecting. I love being there for people. I love speaking into people's lives and helping them feel safe. But yet we need to attend to these matters. Yeah. And I, and I think and, and when they started the, uh, uh, the defund the police, when that movement began, or call to action, I think, I think it was more... I think it was more, well, I got from her anyway, it was more uh, just reform, you know, 
not trying to take anything away from the police, but just just to be held accountable because it's it's the same for any job. And not you know dismiss- who wants to work with somebody who's you know stealing from the company or uh, throwing people under the bus or uh, you know in this case killing people or even parenting your children, right? Right. So mm-hmm. I I don't even know the number of parents at this leg in the game who have come to me over the years to say I I love my child. I think I think that they are awesome. They're probably the best child ever. But we have a problem. Right. And I need to figure out how to do that. I think it then become it is what I'm telling you it's that whole defensiveness, lack of humility and lack of comprehension of the possibility that you can be loved despite your flaws mm. and with your greatness. Many times before that happens, it, the, the, someone has to be exposed. So then you feel defensive. Right, right. Because it started off as exposed instead of it being a continual conversation. She was great, and I, I'm always grateful for her in coming to the table. I hope that her life is just blessed beyond measure. Dr. Joy Bell. Dr. Joy Bell is another good friend of mine, and she blessed us. Tootsie with... Roll. Wet Tootsie Roll. That's what I called it. Oh, <laughs> Joy. Joy. I don't, if I have to buy you pretty lunch, skin. She's just a beautiful being and an incredible mind, and her heart surpasses all of that. So that's even, yeah, just greatness. And she talked to us about education and the pandemic, educators, and then race and children and their concept of that. Any thoughts from that? Do you recall? Besides Um, the Tootsie Roll. Right. (laughs) Well, I just, I love, and I guess it's with the, with the guests that that you select. I mean, they just have, they're so insightful. And I mean, and you see why they are in the field that they are in. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, she, everything she said was right on point when, you know, talking about um, just, you know, dealing with children on the educational side of things. Um, and even how, with our last conversation we just had, how parents a lot of times just, um, they don't want to, many times they don't want to um, admit that what they're doing isn't working. Because they tie something to that. Mm-hmm. It's somehow is an indictment. Right. Right, about them. Mm-hmm. She's very gracious. She is, she's going to do great things. Um she doesn't even know what she's about to do. <laughs> she's magnificent. I'm just so grateful for her. Dr. Laura Scalfano, you remember this? We took a, we took the porch on the road, and we went to go talk to Yes. Her. <laughs> I know you love this. We went to go talk to a great physician uh, in the midst of the pandemic. We were out in the country. We were, but it was beautiful. It was. Oh. So what did so what do you what did your takeaway on that with her? She was a deep river as well. Yeah, yeah. She um. I mean, the, 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 what I liked about it is she was talking about it from the medical side of it where, where you can get a better understanding. Cause like she was saying to her brother, like, can we just hurry up and, you know, find a, a vaccine? I mean, how long does it take? You know, I mean, can't you tell me the, 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 uh, um, you know, what's going to work and what's not going to work. And it's like, well, we don't, you know, we don't know. You anything. need research. All, yeah. yeah. So she takes talk, time. So she was talking about it from a research standpoint, from a medical standpoint, all that other side that most people aren't privy to and they don't think about, they just want, because I think we forget we have so many different types of medicine available for so, so many ailments. We, we don't think about that. This has been going on for years. <laughs> and, and you know, there's years that it took to get to this point. That's a great point. And we just, you know, so we've never been faced with anything that's in our lifetime. That's, you know, that that's affecting us where we have to go through the process. That's so deep on so many levels. I mean, it, it is poignant in that regard. We just assume it just kind of arrives. Right. We don't, because it's, we call it the microwave mentality, but that's how we address many things. Right. right. And we just want them to be over and done with, or for these people, we don't understand that it has been, someone said something about consistencies. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I teach on microaggressions, what I'm doing uh, diversity and equity and inclusion work, we talk about how microaggressions feel like a death by a thousand cuts. It's just little things, little backwards things that happen over and over that people might say, 
and they think and you think they don't even know the impact on me something about that like you're articulate or you're ex- you're different than mm-hmm. whomever I met or whatever. And you're just like, what? <laughs> but we were saying the opposite is true too, that consistency of what is good, right, thoughtful, and respectful can also have an impact. Just like the studying of medicine. Like it's a sign you have to give it time. Right. So you can figure out what works, what doesn't why doesn't work. What are the doggone side effects? Right. right. And and you're not gonna know the side effects because you have to let it take its run its course. I think that's a That'll preach. That's a sermon, Poppy. And, and you know what? What makes what makes what I think of as far as our in our lifetime is HIV/AIDS. Yes. But um, but it was like it was one of those things where we don't even remember when it all happened. But all of a sudden now you can take one pill when before you had to take a cocktail. And then Magic Johnson, yeah. right? He just brought such life. And then you have to have people that use their platform and their status for educational purposes so that you can learn right? like he did. I agree, but we're just such an impatient creation for so many reasons. Some of us are, some of us are not. So then that leads me to Donovan and Trey. Do you remember when they came in? So what was for me, and I still am so appreciative of that with Donovan and Trey is both of these young men graduated from college in the midst of this mm-hmm. uh, pandemic and everything is going on so they were not able to have formal graduation ceremonies and just all of the celebratory do you think they really cared with the college because usually the high school is the big one (laughs) college college is like i need to get out of here so this is i don't know i i don't i i think the ceremony i think we probably asked them but they had such wonderful attitudes about it yeah nevertheless and some of that i'm sure you know there's so many things that bleed into that your upbringing kind of and tony and i certainly are almost it kind of is what it is i yeah. mean if we get to celebrate it we're very grateful but if not we keep it moving but that trey and don were still able to and are able to um dream and move forward both settled in great jobs and doing well and thriving i think it also is a lesson that you're, sometimes hard things happen and you just have to learn how to do them well. It does not, temporary denial does not mean. Permanent no. Permanent no. And just get your mind, like loosen up the, don't be so tight around the axle. Mm-hmm. Loosen it up a little. Yeah. And just go with it. When you're younger, it's easier to look at it like that too. You're like, eh. <laughs> when you're older, you, you know, you, you, you have so much, so much riding on everything. It's, it feels like. You know, and uh, and so many so many more responsibilities and people counting on you. That's true, and you and you have less time. You feel you have less time before you than behind you. Right. That brings me to Charlene Atkins. Do you remember when she came? And she's a good friend too. And she talked about the great release. We wanted to call it "One Who Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest," mm-hmm. but we called it "One Who Flew Over the Empty Nest." Yeah, yeah. Because the questions that led to Charlene coming and sitting on the porch were people saying, how do you repurpose and redesign your life once your kids leave? And not saying necessarily that your children have become the center and focus of your family, but they, I mean, it's evident that they take up space. Right, because kids consume whatever room that they're in, yeah. Right, someone's got to take them to soccer, right, until... So then when that is over, how do you, if there is a partner in the home, how do you keep that relationship alive and well and see what is possible? How do you continue to thrive as a human being without always thinking, now I don't have anything to do? See, in my mind, I think that'd be easy. Like, like I can't wait. <laughs> it's turn up when... when- <laughs> When it happens, you know what's interesting about that, Poppy? I had a so, um, I have a great friend who is helping me just in general with (laughs) my life and my tasks before me. Her name is Rome Francois, and um, I like that Francois. I know she's in that great Francois French. She's all that French. I know it's just a lot going, (laughs) just magnificent. But she is project coordinator for me in a lot of areas in my life, and she asked me the other day. What is empty nest like for you and Tony? And I said, oh, it's, I mean, I don't want to brag. (laughs) But I'm going to. (laughs) But it's all right. And I said, 
I think that the reason that I will say this, so this is why I think we can say this, not that it has been perfect and that all things have been, you know, without flaw or whatever, but I believe that when you give your best to whatever is before you, when you're fully present and you give your best to whatever is before you, then you have very few regrets. Mm -hmm. So then you can move forward easily. So what I'm most grateful for now is that we are still, Tony and I are still healthy and well mm. and vibrant and able to have a life and pursue things on our own that are separate from our children. Mm. And they are doing their thing as well. And then when we come back to collect collectively, we're excited. But y'all been doing this for a while though. Because they, they went to college, so that was like the first. A little bit, but Poppy, you're going to learn. Like they're, I mean, <laughs> I, I know. I it's mean, a slow release. They're still... I mean, there's still, yeah, it's a, it's a release, but you're right. But there's whole this. So think about this when they're in college, when they come back for the holidays, they're home for like a month for Christmas. Mm -hmm. But when they have a J O B, like you get they're off gone on, for forever. Well, you get off on Thursday. You gotta be back at work on Monday. They don't get to stay here long yeah, at the, true. the crib university as Donovan called it, yeah. where the RAs are very strict. <laughs> <laughs> But we are excited about that and we are grateful and, but we always have been, even when we were, you know, young parents with two kids with not a lot of material things around us, it still felt good and great. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think maybe Charlene was saying the release, you need to be thinking about the release the whole time. Like, how do I, you know, it's like when I get something new in the house, Tony, not so much, but I am, I always want to know exactly. So uh, I shouldn't say Tony, not so much. It depends on what it is, but it's, if it's something like detailed where you have to know, like, how does that door fit on that? Like those, that refrigerator over there, it mm -hmm. has those panels on there. Mm -hmm. I want to watch them put that together because if I need to take it apart, like if something's not working well, I want to understand how it works. And the same with the release of kids is I don't think I'm going to have them forever. So I want to, I just want to be cognizant of releasing them all the while. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you said, and letting them make mistakes, letting them figure it out. Probably not always well, because I do have a cape in the closet. I don't think most people think like that, though. Because I, I think that's what made, why it's so hard to let go when they are, when they do go off to college. And you and love them and all that. Yeah. But no, but I think I, I enjoy my life, too. So it's great. Stephanie Baldwin, she's great. You remember she came in and talked about the book that... Mackenzie, her husband, mm -hmm. and her husband John had written with their daughter Mackenzie about Almost go Gone. Yeah, that was a fire one, too. You so. like that one. Yeah. What did, what's your takeaway on that one? I mean, it was it was a trip. I mean, because um, I think about, like, how I would handle it if my daughter was talking to somebody. and Because and, she just got wrapped up in the whole whirlwind. Because he was saying have, all the right things. Yeah, you have to dismantle whatever psychological emotional right. mm -hmm. was built there by you know from that guy and like like like, like um, you know she was telling us where he slowly picked everything apart he knew he was masterful it was great and I appreciate her so for she and John and then of course for McKenzie um, giving permission to do that that story was very impactful to people because I think we all have the sense of that can't, that would never be me. Did you get any feedback from that one? Got great feedback from that one. It just, I think people are always, and this is interesting. Maybe we'll walk deeper into this in 2021. People are, in spite of this being a supposed society of openness and vulnerability and being yourself, people are still continually in awe of someone who will sit down and tell the truth of their life. Mm -hmm. Because I think the Baldwins could have easily, they could easily just cover that up. Mm -hmm. So then someone is always wondering, what is it about you that is willing to tell that part yeah. of you? Because you talked about social media, how you, you can paint whatever image you want, right? I think that's probably the, uh, the draw and attraction when you're watching like a Dr. Phil or something like that, when someone comes in there and you're and they're uh, revealing whatever happened to them or whatever family issues they have and people are just watching and just like, you're just, you know, I, I, I think we're all kind of like 
borderline voyeurs anyway. But uh, but it's just interesting that people will will allow themselves uh, to be kind of, uh, I guess, put on front street. It's interesting. I think, so I would take what you said and just, if I had time, just kind of like chop that down, is the very thing that we are seeking and that we will look, like you said, voyeur, we are voyeurs, we are unwilling to do that work ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll watch, I'll watch your train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I don't want that. But yet there's something about us internally that knows that that is the key to freedom. Not to be just, uh, you're talking about Dr. Phil, like not to be a reality TV show where you're up there some, with someone choosing whether you're worthy or not, but knowing that there is at the end of this journey a sense of identity and purpose and that we are all great and greatly flawed and that all our identity and worthiness has already been confirmed. Mm-hmm. So what we're vying for, that insatiable, you know, I'm going to get the most likes, like Leo right. said or whatever, mm-hmm. it's not going to work mm-hmm. because that's not, that's not the point. But we... But we know that. Well, like, it feels good. So you're 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 fighting, you're you're fighting that thing that feels good, as opposed to the thing that you need to be doing and it's uncomfortable. Because all everything is about consistency, right? I talked to. Uh, I was looking at this video the other day when I was doing a training. It was talking about leadership. It was talking about love and relationships. And um, the individual was saying, at the end of the day, it all comes down to consistency. So it's just like working out. And I, I know Poppy, so this is an interesting story. And we're going to come back to Miss Lori Dickens because she was our piece of resistance at the end. But um, when the pandemic started and the gyms were closing, I kept asking you, Poppy, like, so what's the plan? We, are you, I mean, we can't, you can't go to the gym or anything. What are you going to do? And you said, do you remember you said, you said, I don't need a gym. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Because why don't you need a gym? We'll go outside. <laughs> you said I go outside. There's, there's a and basketball you, court outside, yeah. A basketball court, and you said, and I know how to use my own body. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah. I use my own. Uh, I don't use weights. I use my own, you know, body weight as resistance. You know, just I don't. I don't use equipment. I found out because I, I know myself, and I don't want to have a reason not to work out. So I um, do workouts that don't require weights. I thought that was a profound thing. <laughs> I thought that was profound, not not just the literal of what you were saying, but I believe that it is applicable to so many things in life. We're always saying, we're always blaming something else or saying something else for why we can't do whatever it is we want to do or we feel called to do. When the truth of the matter is, it's like the Wizard of Oz. We've had that ability Mm-hmm. all the time right we just aren't aware enough like you said to know myself that if i have to blame it on something i'm going to so i'm going to take that out of the way that leads me then to Lori dickens which was our last podcast she was very open with us and she shared the story of her family and um that she her family when they got to, as she was about to go to college and her her dad revealed that he was not going to be with them anymore mm-hmm. that he had he had chosen um, to go with a partner of the same gender and that was going to be his life now. And it just kind of threw her for a turn. What did you think about that episode? That was a deep one too. And, and what, what struck me as what was impactful for me was when I asked her about the timeline, because that's when, of course it was set back in the eighties where it was, you know, it was a lot more taboo, but then also when she said that she just met his partner, his partner, like, you know, it wasn't that long ago. Yes. And I was like, wow. I mean, it, like 20, 25 years have gone by or something like that. When, but, you know, and then, then also her sister still was dealing with it, mm-hmm. you know, um, to our lives. That tells us that very rarely is it a neat, pretty package tied up with the bow. Mm-hmm. We're ever growing and learning and evolving and everything is impactful to us. And I just can't believe Poppy that we've just gone through all these names and that all these people said yes mm-hmm. and sat down with us. And then you were here every time. So tell me why you tell me why 
in spite of all the things that you have going on in your life, why do you continue? Why do you think you continue to show up for this podcast? Well, I'm, I think I'm just naturally a, a, a helper or a giver I agree. anyway. Um, but, um, and I've always been like, and it always frustrated me when, when, when I see other people not doing it or when I, when I ask and it's not giving back, but, uh, cause I understand why, but I don't like to handcuff the knowledge. Talk, or, tell me more about that. You know, like, especially in the radio, you will, sometimes you will contact people just to get, uh, uh, just so you can, uh, you know, just have a little powwow so you can, maybe they can tell you the pitfalls or give you some direction or what's the best, best path to go. Not to, you know, give a handout or, or take know, put me on. Or, yeah, yeah. Yes. Just, hey, you know, you know, can you tell me what this looks like? They don't return calls. You know, they're, they're you know, kind of halfway giving you answers or just real quick responses. And I never understood that. And I think that applies for a lot of different areas, but mainly I uh, speak on radio because that's what I've been doing. And, and I never understood that because, you know, knowledge is free. I, I, don't, I don't understand that. So, so I've never been like that. And then, you know, I love this whole thing anyway. I love the techie part of it. And, 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 and it's, it's easy to just sit down like we did. We sat down and talked about the equipment. It just evolved into more because, you know, I, I, I wanted to, um, I think, I think part of it too is when, when I, when I said, well, Hey, I can do an intro for you. Cause you're going to need that. I was, I, part of it was like, well, I don't want the intro I give to give her to be good. And then the rest of the show sound crazy. Now I'm, <laughs> now, if, now I'm, now I'm attached to if, that. As if. <laughs> now my voice is attached as to that. As if. So. I'm so grateful. And I, so I wanted probably to say that he has shared that with me before, but I do think that he is a great example of just what is possible. People are always kind of, we have this paranoia that we have taken on about us about what does this person want? What am I going to get from it? What does this mean? And our greatest fear is that someone is going to take advantage of us or use, use us or hurt us. And sometimes that does happen, but more than not, and this podcast is a testimony to that. The people that Poppy and I have talked about today, including Poppy, are people that just said yes and showed up and gave their very best with no expectation. And so, and, and Poppy is adamant about that. He's very truthful when he says to me, so the reason that I so enjoy having him as my right hand on this podcast is Poppy will not let me settle. He is always pushing me for more and saying, so what are we going to do next? And how can this be better? And this is great, but what if we did this or whatever? And I find that exhilarating and I find that ex exciting and it holds me accountable. So I'm so grateful, Poppy. I'm going to ask you the questions that I ask everyone that ends this podcast episode with me. So are you ready? So I think we should flip around and I should do you. I bet you do, but that's, <laughs> but that's not what's going to happen because this is my show. So what's going to happen is, um, and um, Poppy and I are going to get to take a break over the month of December because 2020 has been quite the year. And we do need time for reflection and just gratitude and what is next. And so we will be off. There will not be any episodes in December, but we will be back sometime early 2021. I don't even say January because we have to decide what's next, if what that looks like. But we're so grateful for all of you all. And we hope that we have presented something that has been relevant and impactful and has moved you towards greater and better and given you peace. And I talk a lot about the analogy of the soul, cleaning out whatever's on the sole of your shoes so that when you enter into a space, you do not contaminate it. And being patient and loving with yourself as you sloth off whatever's on your shoot, but also knowing that as the holiday seasons arrive, one of my favorite phrasing is, um, and the soul felt its, felt its worth. And so Poppy and I, our, what our desire is, is that anyone listening to us that w is within our range, that you know your worthiness and that you feel your purpose and that you feel loved and cared for and that if you don't, that you know how to move forward and ask for help. 
So I'm going to ask Poppy. I am from Poppy. I am from sights, smells, and sounds of your childhood growing up. Um, I am from, oh Lord, our sights, um, geez. I am from roller skating in the street. I'm talking about the skates that were metal, where you were going like half a mile an hour, and you know, that type, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you, but did you, so that meant you fell sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. You Get learn. You learn how to skate because that there was no knee pads then. Where were you growing up? Where, wait, where were you growing up? This was when we were in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And before we moved to Texas, so. Yeah, uh, just skate down the open street. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, and you know you hit that rock and then that's. No, I that's, don't know, but I hear okay. you. Okay. Yeah, it was it was over then. Mm-hmm. Um, I am from. Uh, see sounds um swimming pools uh, or playing playing in the swimming pool with no supervision and the swimming pool had a slide on it and a diving board and it went 10 feet they don't have that anymore <laughs> isn't it funny <laughs> just every, every everything's man five for, everything's four or five feet every man for himself right right <laughs> you're you, you gonna learn how to swim we're gonna drown <laughs> okay i have a story about that one time i have a friend her name is Diane, she's a very good friend of mine. We raised our kids together. We were somewhere <laughs> and there was a pool and I had just gotten my hair done and Donovan came down a big slide and it was deep and he wasn't coming back up. Like it was not looking good. So Diane and I were like, oh my gosh. And I said, Diane, you're going to have to jump in there and get him. I just wow. come, she's like, this is your child. <laughs> but my hair though. But she went it, but my hair though. But she got him. <laughs> we laugh about that. Anyway. Okay. So that is, um, and then smells. Uh, smell. I am from African food. Um, all the African dishes, uh, jellof rice. So you uh, know, what do we smell with that curry and? Um, yeah, kind of- yeah. I mean, um, uh, um, cassava leaf, uh, red oil. Uh, I mean. <sighs> I know it's spicy. It's good though. Yeah, everything is hot. What is uh, your? Everything is hot. Yeah, everything. What's your favorite food? Um, probably. Um, I'd say uh, probably cassava leaf. Okay, you want to tell everyone what that is exactly? It's the cassava plant. Is like it's green. It's uh, it's chopped up. It's 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 almost like a thick uh, green and sauce at the same time. I I can't even describe this. I guess you could call it stew, but of course everything we eat is with rice, and of course there's meat in it because what's the point of eating rice with no meat? So, <laughs> do you fi- do you yourself fix that now? Are you do you prepare no, that no, for my your sister's, children? Yeah, no, my, my sister's better at, at okay. cooking than I am, and her husband he loves to cook. Okay, so I, I usually leave it up to them, but I'm there to eat it though. You're- yeah. Okay, what about sayings that you remember or phrases growing up? Uh, I think I may have told you this before, but I am from Montzayamon. And that's what my, my, my mom used to say all the time. It's, it means rice cures a hunger. And what does that really mean? Um, I mean, it, it, for me, it's, it's, well, it's like, you know, if you're hungry, eat some rice. And that, that fixes everything. Right, right. Because, of course, it's, it's going to fill you up. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't understand it at the time. But every day, the, you know, from the time I was at home until the time I left, even when I would come back, there was a home-cooked meal. We didn't eat, we didn't go out to eat. It wasn't like that. And I couldn't under like my friends would say, oh, you know, you know, we, we go out to eat or we don't. My mom doesn't cook every night. I was like, I, I was thinking, like, what do y'all eat then? Like, how are you eating if she doesn't cook? Because that's just how I grew up. There was a home cooked meal every time and we didn't go to fast food or whatever. I mean, we're African. So and, that, and that's also another lesson that what you know is what you know. Right. That's why people don't really understand what other people are saying. Mm-hmm. Right. You're right. Tony's a lot like that, too. But I. For me, what was impactful with us as our family with that is I think he made it as a, made us a healthier family. Right. Because he, he just wasn't overly big into always eating out mm-hmm. all the time. He didn't have any demands that it had to be. It just he just wasn't taken with yeah. that. And so that's the thing about my girlfriend. Like she like I don't let me see. I don't think she's ever cooked for me. Maybe once she has, but I always cook for her. Do you cook? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she likes to go out to eat and stuff like that. I'll like when she comes in town. I'll I'll usually just cook something. 
and I, I look at, you know, some healthy dishes. I'm trying to expand, um, and I've cooked some um, uh, what we call pepper soup, mm-hmm. and and it's basically soup that's hot, like not only hot as in the temperature, but hot spicy. as in spicy, and whatever ails you, it will clear it up, and you'll be sweating at the same time. Robert, you're always trying to do them. It's okay. And then let's talk about attributes or virtues of people that you esteem or admire, you call friends, that you love, that are um, consistent. I am from um, uh, kindness, uh, reliability, um, you know, funny, thoughtful, uh, uh, down for the cause, um, uh, just ride or die. You are. That is it. And I'm so grateful for you. And Poppy, your background, just for people to know professionally, is radio in the right. profession of radio. So I just say that because <laughs> Poppy knows that so many people are always like, who is that voice? And what? So Poppy is a radio voice. That is what he has done and made his livelihood. And I'm just, but he's so much more than that. And I'm so grateful that he comes and sits here in our home with us and has done this for almost more than a year now. And um, I think last time it is funny because it reminded me that a year has passed because I remember the last time I saw the, the joy and all that kind of stuff was like was last year. You know, you know like, in Texas, you start putting your Christmas lights. So what he's saying is that although it is November, whatever it is, we already have our Christmas decoration out on our home mixed with the pumpkins on the porch. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's all that. (laughs) Right. I'm so grateful, Poppy. Thank you so much. I cannot believe that time has passed in this way and that so many people have come and sat with us and dialogued with us and imparted their wisdom. But at the same time, I, I am, I do know that that is the expectation and grateful because we work hard to make sure this is a safe space. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be gone for a moment, but not for long. We're grateful, appreciative. We hope that you all remain safe and well as our world figures out where it's going and what it's going to be in so many ways on so many levels. And as we step into the holiday season, Bobby, anything you want to say to people or wish for them? Well, I just pray that everyone who's who left 2020, we will see them in 2021. Okay, make good decisions. We'll see you soon. May you find rest for yourself. As we bring another episode to a close, we want to thank you and check out our website at miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H.com. Leave us a message or feedback. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast to receive the latest episodes. And join us next time as we discuss what's on your souls.